get yourself a pistol, get yourself a rifle, mm-hmm. and then you're good. If you want to add a shotgun, that's cool too. So you, now you have three guns. You have a pistol, rifle, shotgun, and then get some training. I, I would recommend getting a pistol and then getting training before buying anything else. But if you want to buy a number of guns and cool pistol, rifle, or pistol, rifle, shotgun, after that, man, get trained up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know some of the craziest things I've heard as far as uh, just in general, like when I think this was when uh, all the COVID stuff was at the height. It was uh, easily after March. I'd probably say it was maybe April, maybe around September when the ammo prices were super ridiculous and firearm prices were super ridiculous. Uh, The main thing I remember was uh, on the BGOE group, somebody jumped in and they were saying some of the weirdest stuff. They're like, we don't need to use the weapons of the, the colonizers. We need to use French tactics in order to overcome what's going what? on. I'm like, what the heck? What? <laughs> I don't okay. know if you saw that one, but... <laughs> uh, oh, man. Dude had a whole tinfoil suit. It was too late for the hat. He had the suit. He had the suit. And the, it was a it was a three piece. Had the vest and everything, man. Had some some tinfoil wingtips too. I'm telling you, he, he was dude was gone. But it was yeah, man. Unfortunately, it was, there's some people that are you know like, all right, brother, where are you getting this information, man? Right. I definitely agree with that. And in like the tactics he was talking about, he wasn't talking about anything modern or anything recent. He was talking about like from the French, was it the French Revolution or something? You know, back when they had black powder firearms and you had to, to jam the rod down in there and, you know, Sharp bite off the paper. Yeah. Get <laughs> your musket. Yeah, yeah, the musket. You had a actually, it might have been a blunderbuss from I don't know, man. He was, <laughs> you know, the musket that had the horn, you know, the little horn yeah, on the end. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, straight a pirate gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, I don't know what you fighting, but you know, yeah. that ain't gonna do it. Talking about, I don't want to use the weapons <laughs> of the colonizers. Yeah, you over there looking like Blackbeard. Okay, go right ahead. Right. <laughs> That makes absolutely no sense. You use whatever weapon is the most effective. And that's the internet for you. <laughs> so, Gotta love it. That was all feelings, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. No facts, just, you know. Yeah. yeah. Pure feelings. So, in your opinion, what's the most overrated brand of a firearm? Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Without without question, there'll be somebody like, yeah, my Taurus never failed me. My Taurus is great. And people, and my, please keep in mind that people that normally say that, most of them don't really shoot. So they might shoot 50 rounds when they go to the range out of this particular gun because they don't shoot a lot or because they go to the range with multiple guns, which is another thing that you probably shouldn't do. Um, so they're not really testing these guns. These guns aren't being used outside in the heat, outside in the cold, in the rain. They're not getting dropped on the ground. They're not being run hard. They're not getting run to the point where they're starting to heat up. No, it's most guns are going to work in the range environment where it's it's air conditioned. You know, there's not even wind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, so basing its reliability on that just isn't logical. 
but that's what people will base their reliability on. And I'll say, yeah, I've run 200 rounds through mine. 200 rounds, that's not even, that's not even a lot. It's not even really a range day. That's, that's nothing to say. Now you say it's reliable based on that? No. Uh, so I think it's TARS. So I think they're, they could be better. It's possible, but they have yet to be proven. And I think people are putting them, because you hear the, it's just as good as, and then insert Glock, mm. HK, Stig, M&P, you know, Walther, Canik, CZ, um, FN. So those, it's just as good as those brands. And no, 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 those brands have proven track records. Those brands are being used by military personnel and not in some off-brand country. But, you know, so, I, yeah, I don't know. Not, not all their firearms. Right. Yeah. I see yep. guns as equals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't see manufacturers. This is the truth, okay? Yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, going back to the training topic, I, I've, number one, I've done that before. I've taken pretty much a, a good majority of my guns to the range, um, which I am probably going to change up how I actually carry to the range now because you do have people that, uh, will follow you from the range, waiting you to stop somewhere and actually try and steal your firearms from you. Like if you go into a yeah. gas station or something. So especially in There's a right word now. for that. I can't I always forget the term, but there's actually a term for that when people do that. I always warn my clients like, hey, be, be careful because this is what's going on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I know at least in Atlanta, it all started out with, um, they called them sliders. They would actually slide into the person's car as they were pumping gas. And, uh, you know, try and steal the pocketbooks or the wallet or whatever is on the seat. But now they've yep. gotten a little bit more bold. So as you're pumping the gas in the car, uh, they may try and start the car up and drive off or they might just slide wow. in if you're for some odd reason. I don't know why, because it's not exactly intelligent. But if you are going into the store and you leave the keys or the car keys in the car, the car running, it's it's a responsibility thing. And it boils down to you watching out for your property. So realizing that, yeah, I'm definitely, um, I'm not going to bring my whole arsenal. Matter of fact, the last time I even brought my whole arsenal was when uh, I, I was trying to uh, let my mentor get a feel for uh, what the uh, what the rifles felt like, what firearms felt like, because he and his wife were trying to find a um, something to carry because this was, again, height of covid People were making firearm purchases. They wanted to make sure they could make theirs too. And, you know, right. it helped them out. But I do know now, I, I, I don't think I, I never really liked Mag Dump, to be honest with you. Because if you're having fun, okay, that's one thing. But my intent every single time I go to a range is to try and um, tune my firearms up to where they need to be at so I can utilize them more properly. And it's to try and learn the tool that I'm um, that I have that I'm utilizing, so I can get better at it. Uh, I actually took my red dot off of my uh, SFX because I got to the point where I'm like, "What's the point of having a red dot on a firearm if you don't know how the basics of the firearm? It's just extra money you could have put into training." So I, my whole mindset's changed now. Yeah, man. I'm going to tease you for a second. I, if, if you can bring all your weapons to the range, you don't have an arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't said I had an arsenal. Hold on. 
you can say Arsenal, but it's cool. And for the, <laughs> well, for the record, it wasn't easy either. I'm sitting here. I, I had to. I had to put all my rifles in one bag, and I because I've got like um, I, I got a bag for my. I, got, I know, right. <laughs> but I got a bag for my ARs. I got a bag for my um, my uh, Ruger Charger, my my carbine. Then I put the handguns in there, and then I don't even know how I got the shotgun in the bag, but I got the shotgun in the bag, and yeah, it was a lot of weight. Kind of felt yeah, I like uh, I felt like Arnold off of Commando, you know, when he's rolling up on that beach. <laughs> Did you have the rocket launcher? I had the rocket launcher, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they felt as heavy as that rocket launcher. I can tell you that. I'm sure, man. My that mentor is like, I'll get the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the least you could do. <laughs> yeah. But man, but yeah, I'm sorry, that's crazy. Um, so I, I know you said multiple times, uh, if you really needed a firearm right then and right there, but do you feel like there's any key, uh, any key factor that should keep you from making a firearm purchase or deter you from making a firearm purchase? Uh, you mean like for your first firearm or just? Uh, I guess, I guess uh, for your first firearm, you know, something that goes beyond people's feelings. Something that would deter. Um, the only thing I think of as far as deter would be like, and I have friends that are, and they're honest, like, look, well, um, I don't own a gun because my temper and I know, because of who I am, I'm going to use it when probably they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. If you kind of be honest with yourself and you know you don't have good control over your emotions, then maybe, and, and you know, it sounds weird for somebody that loves, you know, firearms to say maybe it's not for you, but if you can't be responsible and you know that ahead of time, then maybe that isn't the best thing. You know, maybe we got to get you some pepper spray or a whistle or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but, I, that's, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. I mean, outside of that, or unless you know you have mental health or something, you know, something where you're not going to be able to use that gun the way it should be used, um, then, yeah. Other than that, man, as you know, guns can be used for sport and for just for fun. You know, it's not always someone's life is on the line. So there's a number of reasons why you might want to get into firearms and shoot. You know, you already know there's people that just basically collect them because they hardly ever shoot what they have. Um, some of their guns never get shot. They just go in the safe, so. Yeah, I'm going to shoot that Taurus eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hadn't shot it yet because I've got um, this defense rounds, which don't get me wrong, you could shoot defense rounds, but with the way these prices are right now, yeah, I, yeah. I might try and see if I can find some brass or something. Now, with the revolver, it's a little different i guess but with the if you have a semi-auto it's always a good idea to run one box through your gun just to make sure they're going to cycle properly because sometimes the geometry of the round just might not like your gun and it's not that the gun is bad or the ammo is bad they just don't work well together mm -hmm. and you don't want to find out that your self-defense ammo won't cycle in your shiny new i don't know hk sig or whatever um in a gunfight so you want to make sure you know it cycles and then after that you don't have to do it again but um it's definitely worth it yeah, that's very true because, you know, there's people out there that still think that um, I just take my range ammo and use it as defense ammo. Like, I, I don't know about that because, yeah. you know, you might stop I the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. 
and you might hit somebody else and or you might not stop them in time because those although you're still shot and nobody wants to be shot um those rounds are going to be less effective at stopping the threat faster because a, a pistol round is really not a great fight stopper anyway mm -hmm. um you can get shot a few times and still live right versus if you get shot a few times in the chest with a rifle it's pretty much good night let alone like a shotgun right yeah um, and and we've all seen situations where and these are these are justified shootings here where a person is literally running at a cop with a knife and the cop is shooting them but they're also running away because even though they've been hit a few times they're not immediately going down it takes a little bit of time depending on of course if they're on drugs and then too how determined that attacker is to do whatever they're doing so right. it's not like the movies where you just shoot somebody once or twice and they just fall down and die if that person is determined it might take a few more rounds it might take a few more seconds which you know that that full metal jacket round is going to be less likely to stop them faster so you want to make sure you're using all the energy in that projectile to stop the threat and not mm -hmm. some of the energy and then the rest of the energy goes down the street hits a little girl or whatever else it is exactly but again those are people that don't take training yeah exactly and on top of that you know just because you are a police officer and you're utilizing your firearm doesn't mean that you're always going to have the best shot because I yeah. think I kind of remember the video you might be referring to where the lady, the the uh, female police officer was being stalked down by a dude that had a knife and she was trying to tell him to stop. She was trying to tell him to basically get him to calm down and she had to open fire on him. And I think she actually had a, um, a malfunction that she had to clear as well. So she had to tap and rack it, then continue oh, wow. to uh, fire on him. Uh, after fixing the problem and this all happened within a span of like maybe a minute two minutes right so yeah there's there's a lot more to it than just i'm gonna take my range ammo and stop any bad guy that shows up and then you shoot the bad guy but especially in today's society the bullet keeps going and it hits fluffy the cat and all of a sudden you're going to jail for shooting the cat yep which could potentially happen i'm not trying to find out but yeah. you know people are the animals nowadays and some of the flawed logic in that is that people, when you see this a lot in internet groups, if someone will say, you wouldn't stand in front of it, or let me see somebody stand in front of it, like, you know, a high point or whatever it is. Oh, I bet you won't stand in front of it. Okay, who would sign up for that job? Like, come on, now that obviously nobody wants to stand in front of a firearm. That doesn't mean it's not reliable or that it is reliable right. or that it will reliably stop somebody. But people use that logic all the time. Well, you wouldn't stand in front of it. Okay, I don't want to stand in front of a slingshot. So right. you're really not proving anything by saying I'm not going to stand in front of a gun. And I damn sure ain't trying to have a high point become the low point in my life. So yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot. Ain't getting it. <laughs> so, yeah, good answer. I definitely agree. I mean, it, it makes sense too because you do have a lot of people that uh, <clears throat> definitely think out of emotion. They don't really or in this case, since the topic is feelings, they definitely think out of feelings. They don't have any facts behind it. Um, there's a lot of people I've talked to that didn't even know that there was such a thing as firearm insurance because if you discharge your weapon, you are going to go to court and you will have to state your case. A lot of people don't realize that. I think yeah. even if you, you flash your weapon to a certain degree, you might end up going to court or at least have the police come over and say, what the hell is going on? And then... You know, there might be some other ramifications, but still, it's a, it's a good point you made. Yeah, man, indeed. Lots to learn about this gun thing, man. That's why it's important to continue to learn, continue to learn, because none of us has all the answers. I surely don't. Facts. It's true.
So, do you believe that there are racist gun manufacturers? Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Without question, I mean, just just experience has told me that <laughs> on average there's going to be some, if not all. I don't I don't know the number. I have no proof, but just I I think I would, personally I think I'd be an idiot to think that they didn't exist. Mm. Just based on my own experience on my you know my 47 years on this planet. That makes sense. Makes sense. You got to believe it. Um, so I guess the the opposite of that is, why do you think we don't? Well, this was the original question, and you actually schooled me on this. But the question was, why do you think we don't uh, have any black manufacturers of firearms? Um, and you told me that there was one called Surplus Army, which is black owned. Yep, absolutely. They make ARs. They make rifles. Um, but outside of that, I think. I, to be honest, I think some some of us just don't think on that scale. So some of us, not all, you know, obviously not all, but some of us just don't think that it's a possibility that we can own our own whatever. And it doesn't even have to be firearms. It's just, we just have this consumer mindset, right? Yeah. So everything that we want, we feel like we have to buy from somebody else. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Um, but as far as firearms, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done and that there might be some barriers that are making it, you know, harder for people to get into that business. I'm sure. Cause I don't know a lot about what goes on behind the scenes legally, how to get set up. Um, but I'm sure there's some of that as well. So I'm sure the process is not easy, especially if they find out, you know, you look like, uh, you look like, or you look like me, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, all right, well, let's see how many walls we can put up and maybe discourage his brother from, from accomplishing this goal as a company. Yeah, um, so I'm sure that happens as well. But I, I think the biggest thing first is that we just have a consumer mindset. This is true because it's like you always look up and you see black people open up their own uh, range or their own firearm shop or whatever, but take it a step farther. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's due to the fact that there's the paperwork there. <clears throat> and on top of that, there's, there's so many barriers. But um, mm-hmm. There was one that came out a, long, a while back, which was uh, civilian arms, but I don't know why that one went defunct. It just kind of fell off. Did they make pistols or rifles or a combination, or what did they make? I think they, they mainly made rifles. Um, okay. But I think they... A couple of people were questioning the um, the quality of it. Like, I, I think uh, there were some issues with the quality, but still, it's, it's like... Um, what sucks is the fact that, you know, being in our society, when you want to purchase black, and this is the only option, but then if the rumors are true about civilian arms, you spend over a grand on a on an AR, and then the money that you spent isn't really being met with quality, but you have to, quote unquote, remain loyal to them because they're black. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't support black-owned businesses. And I actually had a conversation with uh, Ogun um, Gear recently about this. Um, buying black is one thing. But I shouldn't have to purchase something because I'm black and you're black and you're selling it to me. It should be, <clears throat> I'm purchasing black because I trust the quality. Because if if that was the case, every single thing that was um, black manufactured or black owned should have no issue having black customers, no matter if 
the quality is good or not. But just like any consumer, I want to make sure that whatever I'm purchasing is actually something that I can, I can continue to use without any questions. That's something that would create loyalty. I would much rather have the loyalty, the true loyalty of people that look like you and I versus people coming into my store saying, I want this because I'm black and you're black and that's good enough for me. But maybe that's just how I'm looking at it. I don't know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, for me, I love supporting black owned businesses, but I kind of have an act like I love supporting black owned businesses that in turn support black owned businesses. Right. Mm. So I don't want to support a black, well, I don't want to say I don't want to, but if you support a black owned business that doesn't believe in supporting other black owned businesses, then that, that kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Because they're just going to give their money to who you could have gave it to in the first place. Right. Um, But like you said, I do expect quality. So I don't want to support you just because you're black and I don't get anything of value for my money. I'm, I have to make sure that whatever I'm buying, whether it's service or a product, that it's worth the dollar that I'm going to trade for it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even I, I'm even willing to pay a little more, but I need to make sure that I'm getting something that's of quality that I feel as though is quality. Now, if it's something that is designed to save my life or designed to potentially save the life of people that I care about, then it really has to be quality, right? There can be no questions about whether or not this thing is going to work. Right. Because there's no room for it. It's not a t-shirt where it's like, oh man, I had this t-shirt, but it faded real fast on me or the the letters came off after I washed it twice. Okay, it, it sucks, but at the end of the day, nobody was hurt, right? Right, right. But if the gun doesn't work, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, I definitely um, agree with that. Yeah, so it has to work. There has to be quality without question. Definitely agree with that. So speaking of, <laughs> speaking of quality, why do you believe that the high point is one of the most used gangster guns? Um, I, I, honestly, I think it's just the price, man. It's just easy to get. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can go in there and you can you can buy a high point for under two hundred dollars. And then think about this: if let's say I'm a criminal and I'm going to buy a gun, and then I'm not keeping the gun, I'm going to commit a crime with the gun and then throw it away, right? And I'm obviously I'm not buying it from a gun shop. I'm buying it out of wherever I'm getting it, right? Whatever source I have, right? But the high point's gonna be cheaper than, you know, than a CZ, right? Mm-hmm. So I get my high point because I'm just gonna use it once and then ditch it somewhere, right? Um, right. So why would I buy a thousand dollar gun if I'm just gonna use it once and throw it away? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm just gonna buy this hundred dollar gun <laughs> and then, you know, I'm gonna throw it over the, you know, off the bridge or whatever, and it would never be seen again. Right. So I guess there's some of that to it. I think. In my, I'm guessing. I don't live that kind of life, so I don't know for sure. <laughs> but just the logic that I would personally use would be probably, I, you know, and not knowing about guns, knowing about that lower price could cost you your life because it, it might not end up working when you need it. But that's why I think, you know, people just it's just information that people don't have about quality versus things that might not be quality. You know, a gun is a gun to most people. Yeah, you're right about that. You got high points and nylon holsters. Yeah. yeah I did a video about nylon holsters. Yeah, yeah. you I mean, did. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty. I don't have. I don't exactly have the most glamorous holsters. I ended up getting the, um, two Blackhawk uh, Omnivores, one with the light bearing and the other one without. And okay. I think I ended up getting a, uh, uh, was it a Serpa or something? But nonetheless, uh, 
and this is early on once I started my uh, my handgun journey, I realized those weren't exactly the best holsters to get. So now I'm just kind of utilizing the default holsters that that uh, mechanic ship with. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with that though. That that canic holster is pretty much a throw-in. That's why they just because think about it, they can't give you a really high quality holster and keep that price point the same. True. You know what I mean. So, I can't get mad at that. You know, the, it's a yeah. simple, what is it, Kydex or plastic pancake holster, but it works well. Yep. I would trust it for range use, but I wouldn't, if you can, I wouldn't use it for concealed carry or anything, anything beyond basic range time. I don't trust it because it's just a throw in. Well, okay. I might need to look into that because I use it for my uh, concealed carry every day. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, brother. I'm not saying they're bad. I don't have any data that says they fail, but I'm just thinking about it from a pure number standpoint. Like how much can that holster really be worth for them to keep their price point where it is and basically give it to you? Hmm. Sounds like I need to do some research, some more research. Cause I, I was thinking about, um, Oh God, what was it called? Not Alienware. Um, yeah, don't get alien gear. If that's what you're about to say. Really? Yeah, Alien Gear is trash. Wow, what would you recommend? Um, I guess it depends on what you want. Um, stealth Gear, Stealth Gear is what Alien Gear wants to be. Um, stealth Gear is good. Right now, I'm using Tier One Concealment. Um, there's a number of good uh, holster manufacturers, but the Alien Gear is kind of like the Taurus of, you know, people like, oh, mine never failed. Yeah, you, you don't really use it either. Yeah, so then what would um, that make Blackhawk? Yeah, that's kind of... High yeah, point. Yes. <laughs> so it, it would be similar. You know, I think Blackhawk is probably better than than Alien than Alien Gear. Uh, if I was going <laughs> to shoot myself with a foot. If I was ever going to get um, sponsorship from Blackhawk, I'm definitely not helping out right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that. I know they're not going to give me one as much trash as I talk about Serpa holsters, so I know they're not going <laughs> to. It just is what it is. The truth is the truth. Uh, so, I know you talk a lot about training. Uh, what do you think are some of the most important aspects of training that can help a person better utilize their firearm? Um, aspects of training... I guess just the just the fundamentals, learning learning the fundamentals and then learning how to practice. Because people often confuse training and practice. Training and practice are not the same thing. Training is when you're getting some guidance from someone. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a quote unquote instructor. Um, but if there's someone that has a high proficiency and experience, notice I said both with firearms, some people have a lot of experience, but it's not, they don't know anything um high proficiency and experience and they have the ability to impart that knowledge to you it doesn't have to be a, a certified instructor it could be you know your uncle your friend or whatever mm -hmm. but that's training when someone is teaching you something they're taking you through a session and there's a goal in mind to to teach you a certain skill or technique or whatever it is or help you improve on your current skill or technique or whatever it is practice is when you go back and try to reinforce what you learned at training so that you get that ingrained so you can do it without thinking so most people, in my opinion, don't know how to practice. So they go to the range, but they don't know how to get better. 
So yes, they put holes in paper. Yes, they make guns, make loud noises, but they're not really getting better because they don't know what to work on. Mm. And then there's another part of that is that if you don't really know a lot about shooting, when you go to practice, you don't know how to evaluate what you just did to make any changes. So if you don't know anything about grip and how it can affect point of aim, point of impact, you don't know how to read your target. If you don't know anything about locking your wrist and how that can affect point of aim, point of impact, you don't know how to read your target. If you don't know what healing is, you don't know how to read your target. If you don't know how your trigger press can affect you know, point of aim, point of impact, you don't know how to read your target. Because every time you shoot a target, say you shoot 50 rounds, the target is telling you something. But if you don't know how to read those bullet holes, it's not going to give you any good information that you can learn from and improve. It's just, oh, I shot today, I shot this way. Oh, yesterday I shot better. But today I shot, but why? Right? And if you don't yeah. know how to read that, then you need to get someone to help you read your target so that you can improve faster. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know in my case, I definitely uh, need more training. And based on the way you're talking about it, it sounds, well, you already compared it to a sport. In my mind, it sounds more like a, uh, like a martial arts in a sense, because you do need the instruction of that teacher so you can learn the basics, learn the basic right. forms, learn how to fire the thing, if you will, and then go yeah. and practice. Because I, I didn't really have... Um, you know, I, I'm guilty of just going to the range. You know, I did have a, um, a concealed carry class, but other than that, I didn't utilize money to purchase training, which again is something that I'm definitely trying to um, look more into. Uh, I've been trying to network with some people at my job, as a matter of fact, that are uh, certified firearm instructors, but I, based on my own experimenting at the range, I know for a fact that I definitely need to utilize my iron sights a little bit more proficiently. Uh, hell, just I need to use my iron sights proficiently. Let's get rid of that a little bit more. Um, I know I have issues with locking my wrist because uh, on my, my SFX and my TP9, uh, my, uh, yeah, my other TP9, uh, the slide wouldn't lock back. And I asked the, uh, the gunsmith at the range I was going to about that. And he said, it sounds like you're limp wristing. So limp wristing. Okay. I thought I wasn't, but, but you know, I thought something was wrong with the gun because anytime you see the slide, not, not lock open, you know, it seems like something's broken it, but it could be the user as well, especially with canics because, um, canics are used to a higher, uh, a higher grain, um, excuse me, they're, they're used to a higher grain count because, you know, the smaller grain count that we have here, they kind of go through lighter uh, in the gun, but it's real easy to limp wrist with because the there might be some ejection problems or, you know, so, so on and so forth. But that's because they're used to heavier ammo. But... I just know that I've got a lot of work to do as far as uh, utilizing handguns and later on rifles, but just getting the basics down. So I'm to blame for that, and I'm definitely trying to fix that as well. Yeah, man, and, and that's most people. You also could be riding a slide stop, um, but that's most people. Sure, I was the same way. I shot my coffee table one day. 